Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Chelsea, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Match recaps, previews, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. It's the London is Blue podcast. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. That's right, Chelsea fans, we're back because, you know what? Champions don't take the day off. Had a lot of... A lot of time to reflect. Completely stayed off social media. Didn't bother checking anything. So I'm totally going to trust my co-hosts, Nick and Dan, uh, are going to carry the weight for me on that one. But I mean, gentlemen, after a performance like that today, I will do the podcast, but I I just had to remove myself from the social media onslaught, Dan, that, that we got. And I, I get it. I'm not mad about it. I just, it was too much for me to handle. Catharsis is sometimes best enjoyed when people can do it together. And, you know, I think that's, you know, that's why people listen to podcasts, Nick. That's why they hang out on social media, because people need a place to to vent and and not feel like they are alone in their their fear and frustration and anger. Let me tell you what you shouldn't do, which is what I did (laughs) today. Oh, God. And and, and this was yell at the TV that's in the office. Um, 
those who are not aware of my... How friendly was security when they dragged you out today? So, look, uh, they beat me a little bit, but not as much as the fans that got beat coming out of the of New Camp, which we'll touch on later. Um, it was it was a bit of a shock to those who were, who were my co-workers that I was so passionate about a game they didn't know was happening. Um, so, uh, lots of KU basketball fans in the audience uh, at, at my office, so... Uh, you don't do that, but what you do is is you take a step back, you reflect on the entire thing, you try and get over it, and uh, and focus on uh, on bigger and better things, and that's what we're gonna try and do. Exactly, like our iTunes reviews, bigger and better than anything that happened in Barcelona today, Dan. Uh, the triple threat coming in from our friends with three more five star reviews on iTunes. Only positive thing that we're probably gonna talk about today. I think there's plenty of positive things we can talk about. Um, you know, the fact that uh, daylight savings time has occurred. So we're one hour closer to when matches start in the in the UK. So that's that's positive. Um, but I mean, you know, three heroes, three, you know, new new legends here. Uh, Amano 9, uh, J. Lou uh, 9181 and Kwa Q. All drop in some five star reviews on iTunes. We appreciate that short turnaround, too, because we dropped a pod this a little earlier in this week and already flipped around and uh, if you'd like also to get a shout out early in the podcast just uh, drop that little five star love we'll uh, hit you up on the next one so after lesser city and and kwak whoever you are is a, he's a dortmund fan who listens to the show and uh wants to keep mishi obviously so that's kind of oh, cool m-i-s-h-y mishi like yeah it's a, it's a whole german thing something Dan, you don't you don't understand German. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's cool. We've had a few other um, different fans of different teams listen to our show, and I, I think that's pretty awesome. You know, I I certainly wouldn't uh, take the ta- the time to to listen to a Barcelona podcast. So I, I applaud you, uh, sir, and and hopefully uh, we have a few more. You roll this way. Well, I mean, we've kind of been starting off the last few podcasts or so kind of with a, a quick question, an overview, maybe a, a, an insight. I don't know if you want to call these insights, but Max Applebaum on uh, Instagram just says, what the fuck? And Tosser of Coin uh, pointedly directing this to Nick, I'm sure, saying, what is your coping drink of choice? So, Nick. Uh, so, Nick, the end. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, I think the thing to remember here is that the I'm I'm the only one that drinks on the show and um, no one else enjoys a beverage. Uh, so no, I clearly don't have one in my hand with the ice no. cubes clinking against the glass at all. Exactly. Yeah, because you're a good person and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think I think the uh, the drink that I had today, which was really, really good uh, as I had to go to a, a work happy hour after after this match, which was deserved, um, was, uh, it was called an old square, which is a, a whiskey drink. And they, they like the, uh, the orange peel type, uh, deal on fire and, and swirl it. It's wonderful. So I went with an old square today. That was, that was great. Dan, what kind of water or, or seltzer do you have on your end? <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, like a cream soda or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe a, uh, you know, a, a juice, you know, some, mm. some type of, uh, you know, wheatgrass probably. Yeah. Wheatgrass special. Uh, it's not, uh, no, I've got a little, uh, McAllen over here, you know, one cube action going on. Uh, it's good. A little 12 year. Hmm. 
Sounds interesting. Right in. Unfortunately, yeah. I do genuinely just have uh, water because, you know, I got to keep the, the voice hydrated, you know, just trying to be professional, really. But uh, no, it's mainly because I have to get up and work out in the morning. But anyways, who cares? We digress. Guys, uh, real quick. Nick on social media, World Soccer Shop. Uh, they have a new person running it. It is already getting better. Um, you know, just give them a follow, kind of like what we do with us, except they've got, you know, a little bit cooler merch than we do, unfortunately. Yeah, we don't sell merch. That's not our game. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I'm pumped about pumped about daniel welcome to the crew um he's he's kind of their social media manager now great and, name. Uh, and yep uh just dan but dan's full name on this show is danathan as we all know so it's a just a <laughs> slightly different uh slightly different name but um yeah just uh welcome to the crew daniel and and hopefully uh uh we uh we direct some folks your way to uh to view the content go to instagram go to twitter go to facebook world soccer shop Give them a follow. Tell them that you came there from us. That would be great. All right. Seven minutes in. I've delayed it as long as I possibly can. I've run out of things to talk about. So it's like a root canal. You're just pushing it off and pushing it off. Yeah. And hope you Actually, never have to go went back. to the dentist today. Yep. I'm good. No cavities or anything. So this is this is cool gonna, story, Brandon. This is going to be it. <laughs> Barcelona, Champions League, <laughs> Camp Nou, Blue Zero, Messi and company. Three. Uh, one to four on aggregate, in case you didn't know it. Dan, lineup time, um, you know, three, four, three is what we went with. Obviously, everyone was waiting to see if he played with a striker or not. Surprise is over. It was Giroud leading the line. Yeah, you know, you had the uh, wonderful spice nutmeg between the six, uh, Thibaut Courtois. Uh, you know, he was uh, <laughs> from him as Plaqueta Christensen uh, Rudiger. So Gary Cahill does, uh, you know, enjoys a, a bench spot. Then you move forward, you had Moses and Alonzo on the flanks with Fabregas and Conte in the middle. And then moving forward, in form, William Hazard and Drew, as we all asked for, Conte delivers with a, a tasty lineup. And uh, I, I know, Nick, I think actually we were, I, I was fist pumping a little bit when I saw that was the lineup at work, you know, in between like the conference call. I'm like, oh man, yeah, this is, this is good. I like this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this was the right call. I don't care what anybody says. We had to go get some goals today to have a chance. We obviously know that we didn't get those goals and we are not progressing, but the outlook was right. Uh, we had to go score our best chance to score in the, in the most fluid offensive attacking football that we've played in recent memory has been with Giroud leading line. And I'm, I'm very happy that Antonio Conte made the, you know, what, what I perceive is the right decision. Uh, I think this was dead on. I don't know if we get uh, anywhere close to the same kind of performance with Murata up there today. And um, yeah, Brandon, I mean, this was, he gave us a fighting chance at least with the lineup. I just thought it was interesting that everyone on social media was like, yeah, this is the lineup I said we should go with. And it's like, well, I mean, come on now. I, obviously, I don't think anyone was going to say go with a false nine Hazard in the middle. Uh, that's pretty obvious. Um, but other than that, I mean, the only other questions you mainly could have had, you know, I, I, I still think that Conte made some big decisions with the lineup. Uh, you have to decide if you're going to put Fabregas in over someone like a drink water. Um, maybe a Bakayoko, even though I don't think he was 100% fit, unfortunately. Uh, you're also making the decision of putting Rudiger over the experience of Cahill, someone who's won the Champions League, who's played against big teams, going for his athleticism. 
and then I think obviously, uh, you know, from there, William and Hazard picked themselves on form. So uh, at the same time, you know, I just I, I still think that Conte had some really big decisions to make. And, and I think that the team, the way they started and pretty much played most of the game, um, did themselves, uh, uh, you know, proud in the fact that they they showed well um like you said we'll get into a little bit a lot of one-off mistakes that really gave barcelona easy opportunities um that was our huge downfall but anyways um yep there were three goals that happened uh but getting into it a lot of some questions you know uh, was this winnable uh, was it just Messi being magical? Chelsea had some bad luck, a combination of both. Uh, Steven Rivera uh, asking us on Twitter saying, can you please talk about how this was winnable? He felt that Messi did messy things when we gave him the inch of space he needs to make it happen. You toss in a few poor outings and this was the result. Um, sick of seeing Conte out or Thibaut trash from fake fans. So let's not get into the Conte Tebow part at this point. Let's just focus on the uh, on. Do you feel this game was winnable from from what Chelsea went out and did? Nick, did they do enough to you know at least give ourselves a chance to win on the day? Yeah, I, I think overall, you know, look, we we are we're we're taking this in uh, you know relatively soon after the final whistle. I mean, just a few hours removed. So perspective, probably probably for me at least, isn't all the way there yet but I, what i will say is uh, i am proud of the effort of this of the way the team played i think and i know that people might say i'm crazy considering some of the other results that have happened with chelsea barcelona over the years i think some of the football that were that were played over these two legs against barcelona were some of the most fluid sexy attacking football that we've ever played against them you know we made particularly the end of the first half and, and beginning part of the second half uh, played uh, Barcelona light style football. Uh, I think it was very impressive. I think that the team was into it. The difference, and, and this has been the difference all season, Dan, the difference is the finishing. We uh, Chelsea did not have it. And Barcelona took their opportunities and took their chances when, when they were uh, given. and. You know, these are the these are the margins, man. The, the post is the margin. The you know the uh, the odd pass from Dave is is the margin. And I think Chelsea overall, it, it looks four one looks like a like Barcelona skunked us for two games. That's absolutely not the case. Yeah, I I would agree with that, and I think that. You know, so I think you look at the time and you look at the, you know, the, the match today, right? So, I mean, today, you know, today, you know, we had a total of 14 shots, you know, three on target and, you know, the expected kind of goal, um, you know, difference here in this match is that, you know, it probably should have been a one and a half to Barcelona one and a half to Chelsea. Like it wasn't a lot that separated the two sides um in terms of the the conversion here so they ultimately you know you, you, you've got it spot on like we you know when barcelona needed to be clinical and, and put it away they were and when we had an opportunity to get a goal we we didn't you know whether it be the you know rudiger uh just offside whether it be uh, you know um drew not able to kind of like keep it down whether it be uh, Alonzo off the the post would be you know last last match you know William off the post we we just nothing from a goal standpoint broke our way 
and it sucks. It's part of the game. And I think in like a loss, you don't want to, you know, you sometimes just want to enjoy the fact, like, not necessarily enjoy the fact that you lost, but you just want to kind of wallow in it for a little bit and, you know, not kind of think about the positives. But the positives were that we, you know, are making shots. We are putting the ball in the right area. It just wasn't going in the back of the net. And I think to me, looking forward at what remains in this season, because yes, we're at the Champions League, but there's a Premier League season that needs to conclude and a FA Cup challenge that is going on right now that fills me with more positivity than i had maybe um you know back in you know mid end of january or um you know i I think this was even a better match that we played against uh, man city so i mean i I think that that there's a lot of positives to take away in a really kind of uh, terrible end result what what i will say brandon is to me the thing that's frustrating and, and the reason i know like we're all frustrated is because it was there to be had. You know, it the thing is in the context of the game, even giving up two trash goals at the beginning of the game, Alonzo buries that free kick and boy, the whole the whole thing changes again. Shades of 2012 come back, you know. We had opportunities over the two legs if you think about the the three post hits and, you know, a few of Alonzo's chances today particularly um, there there were plenty of chances in Golo Conte's chance where Chelsea could have won this tie 5-4, something like that. And I think that's the most frustrating piece is it's not like we were outplayed by classic 2012 Barcelona. It was, you know, the, the game was very even. The style of play was very even. There was a good give and take. And it just, we, we didn't finish our chances. And that sucks. I think it's a little ironic you chose 2012, the year we beat them. Well, whatever. What a, pick the best Barcelona team. <laughs> Literally don't, you know, any don't other year in the last decade. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, look, you, obviously you guys know better than anyone. Um, Eric knows, Reed knows, because those other two guys I was talking to throughout the match, that I always knew Chelsea had a chance. The first goal went in, it was soft, it was shit, but the fact of the matter is we were never... Our game plan was never to go in and be like, yeah, we're going to win one nothing. It's it's Barcelona. That's all they do is attack. And then you get up the second. But the difference is that like we're the away team now, so we don't have to chase it. We still need two and two puts us through. So, I mean, two nothing. It was never out of hand. And to me, what was the hardest, like you say, is we created so many chances. Uh, the Dembele tackle back on Alonso. That's that broke my heart, honestly, because uh, uh. it's literally the difference that Dembele gets into space as the opposite as the backside winger in scores. And now our backside winger gets into space and he tackles back by inches. And, and that those are the plays that you don't expect a Barcelona to make defensively. And they did. We had 14 shots to their eight. But the difference is they had seven on target to our three. Like that's that's crazy. And that just kind of goes to the clinicality and the, you know, a potency of their attack. And, and so, um, you know, the fact that we had 14 shots, we had 44 percent possession, which is a ton against a team like Barcelona. We had six corners, uh, six offsides. That to me just shows how much Chelsea were going for it. I mean, we almost scored again right after the halftime break. It just 
I I always felt we had a chance until the third one went in because then it's just it's never going to happen. You know, if you make it to, you know, whatever, you know, 65th minute and you haven't scored yet. And now they're at three, like you're just done and buried. And I think that's what's really tough. Uh, Zachariah sent us a message on Facebook saying Chelsea didn't lose to Barcelona today. The Blues lost to the GOAT Messi. Without him on the field, it would have gone to penalties. Hashtag no shame. Well, the, the problem with that, though, is right that that he was on the field. He He was there. And so that's what we had to play with. So I don't know. Anything else you guys want to come? Yeah. Kind of, yeah? I, I will say, you know, with the, you know, the, de- the defense did a good job of, you know, getting rid of, you know, Suarez, right? Like he was, he was not uh, a threat in these matches, uh, you know, at all. But the, the challenge is at Barcelona is you have to neutralize a ton of players to make any type of impact and to, you know, Messi, who came off of having the weekend off and having his third child and, you know, and Dembele, who is, uh, you know, looking like the Dortmund Dembele that Barcelona you know, bought versus the one that's kind of been occupying his, his mind for a little bit. Uh, that that would be really difficult. And the way that Alonso was drifting so far off of Dembele, um, you know, ultimately at some point, I think as a alternative attacking outlet, as he continued to push forward and get into uh, very good space to create chances was making it extremely difficult to defend against. And, uh, but kind of, we've, we knew we had to score. So something was going to have to give and you were going to have to try to ask someone else to do a little bit more. And ultimately that fell on, you know, Ruger to, to try to make something happen. And uh, it just really was, uh, it, it stretched our defense too much. And that, that was, that was a big, big problem. And, and Barcelona knew it and they exploited it. You know, that is part of it. Unfortunately, Chelsea had massive amounts of space on both wings. Thought they did a good job of getting the ball out there. Barcelona just kind of said, look, we're going to stay narrow and we're going to let you have it out there and we're going to defend everything in the middle. And that's exactly what they did. Unfortunately, we just didn't get good service, didn't, um, you know, get in line like we wanted to as many times. And their game plan worked. They gave us that space so that they could counterattack on us. um, And it worked out in their favor. So I think the (laughs) next... The next one that obviously is massively all over social media right now is uh, Courtois. Um, he's probably getting the most amount of the blame online, which is uh, it's understandable, obviously, in that position. Um, to you know, I guess to to ask you guys what you want to do with this. Essentially, I have my piece. Uh, I will say it, and I'm not going to rebut or. Um, kind of get into it. I'll just either you guys can go first, or I can say what I have to no, say. No, Brandon, drop it. And I, I want you, know, you. You host. You usually kick it off to us. You just need to drop it now. I think. I think that's what we should do. Well, I mean, it's it's not really a drop thing. I mean, I was. I got. <laughs> I got mad when I saw you guys tweet <laughs> that we should tear up his contract extension. Like, that's what pissed me off because, unfortunately, Courtois had one of his more his poor games that we've seen out of him. And, and the thing is we've seen Hazard up and down all season. Uh, we've even seen once Angola Conte had a horrible game. Um, and, and we've never <laughs> reacted like that to those players. We've all said that Conte should leave. So Hazard could stay. And Courtois is easily one of the top five goalkeepers in the world. Um, and, and he had a bad day. I know Reed went off on Facebook about how he's not Champions League quality, but the fact of the matter is, is that first goal sucked. 
no, no arguments there. He even manned up and owned it. Uh, but the second goal, you know, you give someone of Dembele's quality that much time and space, 12 yards out, he buried it. And for the people who say he got hands on it, it was a freaking rocket. Um, and then the third goal is really probably just because it was the third goal, but point of contention. People get so obsessed with the fact he got megged, and I don't buy that. I think that that is a shit argument because a field player getting megged is completely different than a goalkeeper. A goalkeeper doesn't want to get megged, but they also want to get near, beat near post or far post. It's just it's it's more embarrassing. He's six foot seven. It's a huge target. Um, a lot of goalkeepers get megged because players are shooting there more than ever now. And the fact of the matter is Messi was six yards, five yards away from him. And all he's trying to do is make himself big. And, and I just think that the reaction on social media about how he should be cut, we should sell him like he's trash, he's worthless. There's so many opportunities you can think back to in the last three seasons that he's absolutely saved our ass and helped us win the league. Like, I'm not going to defend his performance today and say he's shit. All I'm going to say is that like the Tebow out crew, fuck that. I will go next. <laughs> um, and, and not, and not totally distancing myself from what Brandon just said. I think that um, we were, we were giving Brandon extra stick in the, in the group text today on purpose. Um, and, and I think it actually kind of speaks to his, his earlier point about um, Courtois consistency this year and, and most most times he's out on the pitch. I mean, I, I will say this. I don't think that Courtois, peak Courtois is as good as peak check was. Um, I, I just don't. Uh, I do think that Courtois is a good keeper. I think the frustrating part about all of this to me and, and the reason that I in our in our small group text of four people, I put I hate all goalkeepers in there and i was just giving brandon shit there <laughs> but i put that in there is i think specifically for courtois he has a couple of problems um from from the fan reaction on this the first is that uh for the most part he's been out in the press more than most chelsea players talking about my heart is elsewhere and here's what i think about a contract and like it's just been really really cat and mouse and i think fans are you know fatigued of that discussion uh, the second piece is it's a bad, this was a bad day to have a bad day. You know, uh, I think if Chelsea stood any chance of coming out of this match with, uh, you know, only, you know, maybe, maybe a one, one draw going to penalties or, or somehow getting a two, two draw, uh, you know, he needed to be better. Um, and he just, he sucked today. I, I, I don't have any other way to put it, Dan. This, this was a, it was a bad day to have a bad day and it, it was frustrating to watch. Um, but of course he's not a, a shit goalkeeper, right? No. And, and I mean, I think the thing is that you start to look at performances of other keepers. I mean, this is, it's becoming an issue. It's an optic issue, right? Like you see your keeper can see these goals. Uh, you, you turn the channel, you see, you know, another keeper, 
um, whether it be, uh, you know, I think uh, Alblock is one that people look at as, you know, he could replace Courtois. Not going to happen. His release tag is exceptionally high, and PSG would be a great option for him as well. Uh, Allison is another one from Roma. People look at him right now and say, man, like he would be a great option. Um, you know, he's also going to be ridiculously expensive. Um, there's probably about between five and 10 exceptional keepers. Um, Courtois is in that grouping. You know, you could argue where you think he is on that list. Uh, here, here's darkest timeline shit, man. Like we're going to go from having Courtois to having like Butlin on the relegation bound Stoke train, uh, with Mark Hughes coming in as a replacement for full on Brexit FC. Like that, that, that is the, where we head when we lose, you know, Courtois and like some of you might be happy, like, man, yeah, great. Like go off and, you know, into a different place and have fun. I do think the optics issue is that Courtois talks about, you know, going other places and, you know, and we know our, our Belgian players, you know, and not just ours, but all of them tend to be very forthright and, and, and spoken, you know, very outspoken the way they talk about things of this nature. And so, you know, it's tough to get mad at him when others do it as well. But ultimately, like, he, he is not going to be, you know, a long-term Chelsea keeper beyond whatever the next contract is, whether that's three years, whether that's four years, whether it's five years. And that's at this point, if he wants to sign, if Chelsea can deliver Champions League football next season. And the biggest pivot point right now is to drop all this nonsense about Conte out, you know, Courtois out, uh, the people who think that Hazard should be sold because he needs to get to experience great football and he's never going to see it here. Like there are so many stupid effing opinions out there right now. The most important thing in the next couple of weeks is finishing top four, because I guarantee you, if you don't like where Chelsea's at right now, Man, you're going to hate the next three to four to five years as we go into what truly would be an austerity program with Europa League football. But boy, oh boy, you'll get to see a ton of youth talent push through. Uh, You'll just miss out on seeing a lot of that top talent that you wish you could sign or that you sign on your FIFA Ultimate team. But I mean, see, this is (laughs) Chelsea aren't going to. That's the thing. Like Butlin on Stoke, managed by Paul Lambert. Not great. He was hit in the hands and went in the goal. Like he may be England's number one, but that doesn't mean he's great. Uh, it's just the way things are going right now. It's this is such a perfect storm of all these things happening: Hazard's contract, Thibaut's contract, Conte uncertainty, the club, you know, not hitting on all cylinders like they should be. And it clearly, I think, a lot of this off the field stuff is affecting on the field. I mean, Hazard was a shadow of himself today. William was my by miles the best player on the field. Shortly followed up though by Angolo Conte. Those two ran the tables yes. for us today. Um, and I think that you know the it's it's just the to me it's just it's it was such an unfortunate day and like i get it because i was a goalkeeper that at the end of the day your mistakes are amplified or if you're not at 100 percent, it's amplified because and then it goes in the back of the net but dave did not play well today he played okay but not great and then he gave up the mistake for the third goal you have fabregas who's supposed to be a leader on the field especially with that lineup today he gives up a shit ball and now Messi's running at us. And then obviously, you know, from there, we just, 
if you think about it, we had three individual mistakes. I'd say four individual mistakes led to four goals. You had Christensen leg one, Courtois, Fabregas, Aspie in the second leg. And I am blown away. We had the question from the TO show on Instagram. Is that loss on Courtois? I'm going to be a million times biased and say the fact that we didn't score at all today is way more shocking than Messi being involved in three goals like that. Yeah, that's a really good point because, you know, we needed to score a goal like that. That was a part of the process in this that we needed to score a goal. And by not scoring any, like you can point all your fingers you want at the defense and at Courtois. And like, you might not like him as your keeper. And you know what? That's fine. Like they dream about the other candidates out there. You might want different attackers or strikers. You could daydream about them too. But like, ultimately like it, it, you have to find a way, like if, if you want to support like Chelsea, you have to absorb or be okay with the fact that like, we are a club that roller coasters in the way that we operate right now. And you know what? Like, man, you know, there, there are way, way more stable things to go do in your life. Like, um, needlepoint, uh, that, that is a pretty kind of even keel type of thing that you could do <laughs> rarely, as a habit. Rarely a lets you down. Rarely uh, you lets do model, you down the needlepoint. You needle can do point. model trains. Um, those kind of run on a track and run on time. Um, that would be another thing that's very stable. Legos, like all of those would be great hobbies to get into if you want more stability. But uh, if you want to enjoy the ride, if you want to celebrate the highs and get frustrated at the lows and realize at the end of the day, like you get to have this great community of people that you interact with and winning is sometimes a part of it, but not ordained by God or a celestial being of your choosing you get to root for Chelsea FC and it's a pretty awesome thing. The majority of the time. Uh, here's, here's the last point in, on Courtois and then we'll move on. Since it's, it's not worth beating the dead horse on this. I do think that context matters. I'm a big context person. You know, if, if you're just looking at the box score of this game and then you would never know that the first goal, was completely on him. Um, and and look, yes, the onus is on Chelsea to score in this match. I don't think that any of the training scenarios that Antonio Conte put forth this week were starting one nil down for the rest of the match, you know, essentially, because it happened in the third minute. I, I think the context of that, the context change matters where, you know, Chelsea were probably anticipating a little bit of a cagey first 20 minutes, as a lot of European affairs are. and. If you go down one nil that early, you have to press extra hard. And I think some of the mistakes might have come from that. It doesn't excuse the mistakes, but I think that, you know, Courtois blowing that first goal, which is inexcusable for a goalkeeper of his quality, um, is is a big part of this. It's not to say that he's the only person to blame. You know, I think Fabregas, Dave, Hazard not showing up, all of these guys, you know, I think that Victor Moses really, really, really struggled today. Really bad game from him um, offensively in, in that regard. So lots, lots of blame to go around, but I do think that context change matters. Um, and, and that's just, you know, part of the game, you know. All right. Well, Obviously, this is a bit of a turning point, uh, or not a turning point. This is the last kind of big chance for Chelsea to find uh, a respectable level of success in a lot of people's opinion. So we got a surprising amount, uh, you know, of, of questions about what does a successful remainder of the season look like. 
Um, Dan, obviously the 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 Arsenal trophy of top four is still in play. Um, uh, you call it the Arsenal trophy. I call it the Champions League payday trophy um, because you don't want to look at the Europa League uh, bank account uh, difference when it comes to uh, what it means from a financial power in acquiring new players, uh, what it means to attract players who want to play in the Champions League versus play on Thursday nights. Um, we can leave that to our friends in Arsenal and they can continue to enjoy that. We can hopefully send uh, Tottenham uh, to Europa League, but it, top four is, is the ultimate um, quest at this point. And if we don't get it, I think that would be um, that would be the worst possible way to end this season. Yeah, you've got the FA Cup, which we'll obviously talk about with Leicester coming up next, but the FA Cup doesn't get you the players you want signed, obviously. Um, Nick, it's kind of interesting. People are saying, if we don't finish in the top four and we, get, and we crash out of the FA Cup, do you still want Conte here? And then the other question everyone is saying is, um, does this make our battle for top four even easier? Which I would question that because Tottenham and United both crashed out as well. Uh, look, I think it is, um, first things first, I think it's very obvious at this point that Antonio Conte is not going to be here next year. And in fact, I want to put a kibosh on this topic for the end of, through the end of the year on this podcast. I don't like we t- we have talked about it every single week almost on the show uh, since the beginning of the year for good reason. We're not you know, I'm not offended by the questions or whatever. I just think it's it's old hat at this point and we need to focus on bigger and better things. I think it's very obvious that Antonio Conte is not going to be here next year for a variety of reasons, some of which the club controls, some of which are are totally on him. Move that aside. Given the chance to beat Barcelona in their own yard and move on to the next stage of the Champions League or not play because other teams aren't playing, the option is always to move along in the Champions League forever and ever and ever. Amen. That's it. And I, I don't want to be a, a, you know, a hard ass about that piece. You know, and I, I understand the, the, the extra matches and how that can affect the, the squad and legs and stuff. You always, 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 always play Champions League if you can play Champions League. That's why these players are here. That's why we hope to sign bigger and better players because we are performing well in Europe. We haven't performed well in Europe, by the by, uh, since making the semis against Atletico four years ago. Maybe even longer. Yeah, four years ago. So Chelsea has some work to do. Uh, you know, it's it, Dan's ordained right thing from earlier. It's it's not as if Chelsea are just going to automatically make the semis like they used to. Um, we didn't get out of the round of 16 this time. We didn't get out of the quarters against PSG and have a, a big climb in top four ahead of us. And that's it. I mean, I know that that was a really kind of like a harsh, you know, monologue for me there, but no more Conte stuff. I'm tired of it. And also, you always want to play Champions League. I don't feel like that's signed, that difficult to grasp. If he signs an extension, I promise we'll talk about it. Do you think he will? <laughs> Fuck Brandon? no. Like, I, this then we're not talking about I'm it. I'm just... No. It, 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 it's interesting, Dan. I mean, to me, I, I mean, 
is it going to make the rest of the season easier? I don't necessarily think so. I mean, because you have more failure on the players. They've now experienced more loss, more heartbreak, and potentially hit their confidence even harder, especially when they had a really good chance to make a statement and and beat Barcelona over two legs, and, and it's gone away. So for now... It's almost like they have fewer opportunities to be successful, which means like the the light at the end of the tunnel is getting smaller. Like, are we going to be able to slide underneath the door before it slams shut and and we're dead for or do we, you know, take this? And I don't see this team rallying together at any point in the next couple of weeks and being like, yeah, we got this. Like, we just get together and hold hands like we can do anything. I don't see that team morale this season. Is, is John Terry available to be uh, sequestered to the Chelsea locker room for the remainder of the season? Because that would be fantastic. Uh, that would be something I would like. Or let's have Frank Lampard, instead of hanging out with the U18s, hang out with the first team for just the remainder of the season. Um, or Michael Ballack, who very keenly pointed out that there was a problem with the refs today uh, on Twitter. Uh, let's have him hang out. And uh, just, there's a passion and drive that was somehow only visible on Olivier Giroud today uh, when he went to the bench in frustration after not scoring, uh, which I think Nick pointed out earlier before we uh, started recording. That's because he's, he's not used to competing on such a high scale for high stakes. Um, I just, man, it, it's there. There's no passion the way that we've seen in other seasons. And sometimes it's hard to generate passion. I think when your passion is a desire to stay in top four, and maybe that doesn't mean anything individually to the players. Uh, maybe right now it doesn't mean anything to the manager again, may or may not. Um, but it means something to us as you know, fans and supporters of this club. And, you know, I think that's where we need to kind of, I, I think the club knows the club is definitely aware of how important it is. And I think it was aware of how important it is to the fans and supporters. And hopefully they continue to infuse that message, uh, whatever way they can uh, to the players and the, uh, the manager. Well, if you want to talk about, you know, former players getting involved again, uh, obviously lamps is worth working with the club. Uh, you have Joe Cole, you have Drogba who just retired. And then obviously in the near future, John Terry and Ashley Cole, uh, you're, you're starting to get a, a plethora of guys to come back. Uh, you even have uh, Belletti, who is rumored to be taking over as technical director and some different things. It, you, you just think that this is a really good time this summer where there's a World Cup going on. So the spotlight's going to be off of the club to just maybe shuffle the deck a little bit behind the scenes in the front office and in different things. And the biggest thing I think they need to look at is, is right now uh, securing top four, just accepting the situation for what it is, which is is how terrible that it is. It blows my mind that we went from nothing can break us last season to not really resilient and i think that that has been really hard to watch you know that downfall happen but you know at the end of the day these these guys make tons of money including conte and they need to go out and they need to deliver they need to do their job we need to get top four fa cup would be great but 
it's it's by no means the priority kind of as as nick said so thank you to i, I will, yeah well and i will also say too final note on this for, for those who are who are like oh well now the champions league's done um you know what are the players going to be motivated for i don't care what they're motivated for do you know their job is to get top four like whether or not they're super pumped about going to work every day like give me a break like that that is irrelevant in this discussion like there is now one goal one in one one a for the rest of the season go do your job get it done i don't care if antonio conte is not super pumped about the transfer strategy and it's going to psg okay go do your job get the team inspired get the team ready players go score goals stop not finishing whatever you're doing do your job the end that's all we have left and there's only like 12 matches left in the year potentially so you know it's not like a a long haul um okay thank you to nafal colton lewis daniel taylor leos pinto and z gilkinson on social media for all contributing essentially to that um you know for additional thoughts and comments like to me i think that the pivotal moment of this match just this tie today was the the penalty no call i thought that the referee was trying to be strong and he and he had let us play physical with barcelona for the most part and i think for him he just i don't know he just wanted to play hard man and be like nothing's coming easy today and i think that he just he blinded himself with his approach um, of letting everything go. And I think it was a massive blown opportunity that would have wildly changed the outcome of this game. Um, Obviously that's how things happen. Um, Other than that, uh, that's really uh, all that I have that I I don't think we really talked about um, Dan. I think I would just go into the man of the match poll because I think that's where it's at. And, you know, no surprise, the goal of Conte, 45% of the vote, followed closely by William with 28%, uh, Courtois, Emoji, Peanuts, 18%, and Alonzo with 9% of the vote. So you put this in, and it clearly shows that <laughs> you voted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of the 351 votes. You have you have to vote to get it to show up. Yeah, Brandon. Not if you don't know how a Twitter poll not works. If you go don't to be, a podcast, don't be a stick in the mud. Not if you go to the podcast account. Anyways, <laughs> again, I was totally outnumbered. I just walked away from our group chat today it wasn't working for me so anyways guys uh i thought that conte was fantastic glad to see that you all agreed um i thought alonzo was fantastic william as well um it, you know it, it, it's good to see some players really step up and embrace the moment and not shy away so um yeah anyways Let's go ahead and um, let's move on to our social media questions. We have some really cool ones that we're going to get to. uh, But obviously, Nick, as we talk about and just frame all of this in in the big picture of top four is massive. Uh, Our next Premier League game isn't until Spurs. And and Brandon, the the cool thing about that is that we will be there in the stands. rooting on the Chels because because we're not fair weather fans we're going anyway 
Um, so because of the result today, there will not be a Champions League match. Uh, we kind of have teed that up as a possibility. We know that not to be the case now. So the trip is is pretty well set. You know, what you get with us, uh, if you're if you're still interested in coming, uh, you might want to get on this pretty soon because we're like two weeks away. Uh, as of right now, so that's good. Um, you will get a a full day out with us. We're going to do a live pod experience and and a ton of beers with uh, some of our friends, Stanford Chidge, uh, some of our journalist friends that you've heard on the show. Um, it, it's a blast. I mean, it's one of my favorite things that I've ever done. You'll get a stadium tour. You'll get a stay at the hotels at Stanford Bridge. Uh, you'll potentially uh, get a uh, go to Cobham to see the team train. Uh, there are a bunch of cool perks with this trip. Dan, how would someone uh, get involved in this uh, in this experience late on? They would hit up our website, go LondonBluePodcast.com. They could uh, email us. They can message us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, on our personal Twitter, Instagram, Facebooks, whatever it might be. We will find a way to respond. And hey, bonus now, you don't have to potentially watch Harry Kane score a goal. So, I mean, that is a really nice uh, additional element to the trip that you did not uh, highlight, Nick, and uh, I'm very surprised that you did not bring out the fact that um, one of the uh, biggest mouth breathers in the Premier League um, <laughs> will be absent uh, from the match, so no terrible one of our own uh, being sung by the away supporters. Like they, they, This trip just keeps on getting better and better if you don't sign up now. Uh, real questions about you as a person. Alright, so back to our social media questions. Uh, we had one last week, but we actually have a handful this week that submitted their questions via audio to us so we're gonna go ahead and play some of these questions and uh, again if you want to ask your questions this way go to our website londonisbluepodcast.com forward slash questions uh here we go first one from darko hey guys completely gutted about today's result i thought we played pretty well however we just we were clinical enough up front. Barca didn't have as many chances, I, I thought. But, you know, they have the world-class players, so really, really disappointed. Dan, what do you think, man? Cosign. Cosign. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, he's right. You know, we, just, we just talked about it, but ultimately, uh, you know, as Darko points out, you know, we outshot today and our conversion was non-existent while they were able to convert uh, seven shots on target into three goals which is pretty impressive so uh, you know hats off to barcelona man they 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 played well they won they had luck on their side uh they had uh some officials on their side potentially alonzo penalty 2018 never forget um but yeah all right uh, next one up from Kieran. Hey, Brandon and the team. What can we say about today's game? Well, let's just talk about the positives. I think the team was set up very well, and I think we played very, very bravely. Um, and now let's talk about the negatives. Courtois, I would not lose any sleep whatsoever if he left in the summer. Getting beat at the near post was completely unforgivable. But I want to talk about the referee for a second. That penalty, when we were 2-0 down, it should have been a penalty and it should have been a red card. I am furious, furious, because that would have changed the game. 
but the referee lost his balls. He must have left him in the changing room. I'm absolutely furious about that. What do you guys think? Nick, this seems like a great one for you. Oh, all right. All right, guys. <laughs> um, uh, it Kieran, sounds like Brandon uh, planned that one for you. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. I feel like I feel like I've been had here. Um, no, Kieran, I, look, I'm, I'm on your side here. I, I think the what was shocking to me, at least watching it on TV, was um, the fact that the whole Fox soccer commentary crew thought it was a flop. Uh, I you know that is absurd to me that it was a flop uh, Alonzo clearly has position uh, was clearly tackled from behind I'm not so sure on the red card piece I mean I guess technically by the by the uh, the label of that of that law that it would have been a red card but it didn't seem to me harsh enough to award a red card but I certainly get your point that it would have changed the game you know if Chelsea only have one goal to chase and and we actually finish um, you know I I things could be a hell of a lot different right now. And so I take your point very well. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's tough to play against UEFA Lona and they're, uh, and they're, you know, squad of floppers. All right. Well, this one is from Cameron. You know, I watched the game tonight and honestly, I was just ultimately disappointed. I don't know what Courtois was doing. Like he had his legs open. Like he was, I don't know, giving salutations to the sun or whatnot. Like, just, William was the only one that had passion. Like, Hazard was just, what, nothing. Like, my question is, what are we saying about Hazard? Like, is he actually the player he's supposed to be? Is he is he the guy that we're all shouting about? Does he deserve to be that world-class? Because when it when it counts, he's not there. He's, he's distracted. He's not playing as well. He hasn't got that drive. He hasn't got that clinical finish. And even with Courtois, if he wants to go, let him go. Those two players, guys, I want your opinion on that. All right. Well, um, Cameron actually wasn't the only one that hit us up about Eden Hazard. Uh, Jared Andre on Twitter saying, can we really call Hazard and Tebow world class? They didn't show up tonight at all. World class to me is defined as to show up game after game, especially on the big stage, no matter what the opponent is, opponent is doing to you. World class players find a way and then read my man read on Facebook's ass is Eden Hazard a Chelsea legend compare him even when Lamport or Drogba even Terry even when they lost they made an impact on the game big games does Hazard does he show up in big matches does he put a team on its shoulders and carry them that's my question and for the record he loves Eden Hazard and he even offered to donate another five dollars to get it on the pod so you better believe we are easily bribed all of you yeah you know, I think that this is the argument about the, or the complaint, maybe, that Eden Hazard has always had on him. He's inconsistent. When he's at his best, unstoppable. He carried us to the title three years ago, if we all remember. He was the only one worth a damn in scoring uh, the last four months of the season. Uh, we've seen some great moments from him last season. He's coming off an ankle injury, but he's had enough time to recover. I, you know, is he world class? I would say yes, because we've seen him be world class. Uh, he's not top five, top six because of the lack of consistency to me. I, I would say this uh, because I think Jared Andre has a really good point here. And, and certainly we appreciate um the uh, the Yappa question as well here. You know, I think both make really solid points. 
Ed Nazard is clearly, to me, an unbelievable footballer. Uh, like, given given any real scenario, you could see him making an impact on the game. I do understand the frustration about some of these big matches. And even listening to the pod last week, Brandon, you said that he was going to show up today looking to make an impact. He didn't. He didn't make an impact on the game, really. Um, William was head and, above a shul- uh, head and shoulders above him, I should say. And I, I think to Jared Andre's point here, Messi gets doubled. Messi gets hacked. You know, if you want to know the difference between those two, uh, Hazard was pretty much taken out of the game today. Um, he he wasn't even really hacked that much, Dan. It, it was just didn't have it together. And he, I don't know if he'll ever have that level in him. I think that's probably a, a, a maybe a end of the season conversation that we can have. Uh, I think we would be wise to remember that uh, Ed Nazard is also the reason why uh, Chelsea have earned many a point this season um, as our you know record club signing uh, Alvaro Morata uh, has only one more goal than Ed Hazard and Hazard took off a uh, fair amount of the season in the beginning for ankle recovery in the Premier League. So. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I think Eden Hazard, uh, you know, is is now scored I think more goals than than Zola. Um, so I mean, like, there's a lot that he's been able to accomplish in a very short window for Chelsea, and uh, you just wish I think consistency is the best way to put it. Um, you wish he was more consistent, but you know, we we probably also need to not rely on a singular player to win matches. Um, I think that is a failing strategy anytime we take the pitch if we're hoping for one person to be the reason that we win. Uh, That shows me that structurally we are not set up to help that one person be successful. All right. Well, last one we have is from Stefano, and it is a three-parter, so here we go. Man, that game was a joke, man. Like, we played well. We played well second half, man. Granted, we played well. Yeah, we were attacking. We were, we were, we were right in their face, hitting the bar twice. You don't do that at Camp Nou for jokes, in it. But what the fuck, man? What the fuck, man? The first, listen, you, you're down, you're down after two minutes, bro. You're down after two. What the fuck is Courtois doing? Close your fucking legs, bro. Close your legs, man. There's three shots on target. I counted three shots on target. All went in. All went in. There's no consistency, man. The guy's fucking supposed to be like second best in the world, bro. Third best in the world. My ass, man. Get rid of him. Well, what happened there? It's just annoying, man. It's annoying. You know what? Whatever. People are going to talk about the game like it. Just real quick, just to fin, just to, just to finish off what I was saying. Just to finish off what I was saying. Ultimately, man. You know what? We have to just pick ourselves up and concentrate on the FA Cup and get top four. Those are seamlessly easy tasks for Chelsea, yeah? But I don't know, man. I don't know about you lot, but I don't feel fucking confident whatsoever. Good play. I mean, we played well. We go around. We go. I go home. I, I'm, I'm home now. I left. After that, I think, you know what? I could take some positives from, from the game. But, bruv, fuck that, man. You even get a goal at Camp Nou, man. Come on, man. Like, hitting the post ain't good enough, bro. Let me just sum up real quick. I mean, listen, it was all right game, all right half. I mean, we showed some resilience, yeah? Didn't get a goal, whatever. Move on, Premier, Premier League. 
get the top four, for fuck's sake. Do something in the FA Cup. I don't know, man. Fuck Arsenal. Fuck Man United. Fucking hell. Blue's the colour, in it. Fuck it. Why take Hazard off? Ah, doesn't matter. Anyway, good night. Obviously, a lot of passion. I mean, one 45-second clip wasn't enough for him. Uh, you know, Dan, y- you can relate, though. I mean, if I were to have recorded this episode right after the match, oh. might have been our last, gentlemen. Honestly, <laughs> that's, that's why we don't do that. <laughs> there, there would have been uh, the, the textual blows that were going on between you and Nick about the goalkeeper elements would have uh, erupted a little bit Vesuvius style. So, Hey, shout out to Mike. We, he threw plenty that. of jabs. <laughs> Mike, Mike and Dan were, were, were right behind me in that. <laughs> and, um, it we're, was yeah, a, we're the ones like poking fun for a moment, yeah. and then we realize it got serious, and we're like, whoa. Tiger okay, out of the we're cage, gonna, bro. We're going to step back. Anyways, Dan, you it was, were... Look, you, can, I, can I respond to, to Stefano, please? Because I, I understand the passion, man. I respect it. Um, I think he's right. Like, we needed the goal. And we didn't get it. And look, I, I think there are a lot of Chelsea fans listening to Stefano right now. Uh, maybe outside of the Courtois piece, because I, you know, I don't think anybody wants um, anybody wants Courtois to be sold in a realistic fashion. I think that's just a lot of uh, a lot of emotion getting there. But I think there are a lot of Chelsea fans listening to that who are like, "Yep, that's how I feel." And that's the beauty of the Yappa piece for us is that we get to hear you instead of you know a bunch of tweets. We we actually get to hear you, and and I think that's brilliant, Dan. But go ahead on your point. Oh, I, I'm good. I, I you know I think you summed it up pretty well there. Thanks, Dan. All right. Well, well you know where credit is due. Brandon, you did a great job today too. <laughs> whatever. I don't. Whatever. I'm not it's even all gonna, smiles and rainbows, baby. <laughs> whatever. Anyways, if again, if you guys want to get your questions in, uh, send it to us. Let us know how you really feel. Literally tell us londonisbluepodcast.com forward slash questions. Super easy. Um, all right, but let's go ahead and wrap this one up with our match preview. Uh, but real quick, Dan, just uh, remind the lovely people out there in our audience what they've won by listening to us today. I believe it would be a 10% discount at worldsoccershop.com. That's right, worldsoccershop.com. Uh, they don't sell loaves of bread. They sell kits. They sell cleats they sell pretty much anything you would want from a sporting perspective around the world of soccer or football depending upon how you pronounce it and uh you can use the code LONDONPOD anywhere on worldsoccershop.com to get that little discount nick that is correct dan that's all i have to add to this ad all right well before nick tells us that it is correct and our poor listeners playing their drinking game out there drown <laughs> Uh, Leicester City, FA Cup quarterfinals. Uh, you want a little momentum? Wait, wait, wait. There, is there actually a London Blue Pod drinking game? Because I would be very interested to know what the uh, <laughs> what, what the rubric looks like for that. Maybe they. And, and reminder, reminder: if there is a, if we find out about this game, we're Vegas in this regard. We kind of control the narrative. So if if there's a bingo out there or something, some other sort of game, and we figure out what it is, which I'm sure is has to do with all my dumb catchphrases. Um, I will, I will hedge those bets. 
All right. Well, as we were saying, FA Cup quarterfinals. King Power Stadium, so we're hitting the road. It'll be on Sunday, March 18th. A little bit later of a kickoff in the morning. Um, in case you want to know what the other quarterfinal matches are, Swansea Tottenham, Wigan Southampton, United Brighton, and Chelsea Leicester, obviously. Uh, Dan, Leicester have had pretty easy opposition so far in the, the first two rounds they participated in. Nothing really challenging them. Uh, Claude Puel had taken over there. They are in safe zone. Not really a lot to play for. I could see them getting excited for an FA Cup run. Biggest news for them, too. Uh, Ria Mares unretired from football just for this FA Cup campaign. <laughs> he brought himself back into contention. He said that this was going to be the biggest highlight of his career as a footballer if he could win the FA Cup with Puel. And uh, what, what, a, what a bit of business he's done there, Nick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, sure. And or yes, uh, I, you know, he, he's the danger guy to look out for. No doubt about it. Vardy's also good. You think back to our last Premier League match at the bridge against Leicester. That didn't go so well for us. Um, those were two points dropped in a in a turgid affair. Um, so, uh, th- look, there's a lot to do here. Um, Leicester are not going to be pushed over easily. They're at home. We have to go up there and uh, and run the show and show them what's up. Uh, and I think that is um, that's uh, the task in, in front of us. I mean, it, looking Brandon at the at the entire field, the, the glaring uh, weakness um, or, or or lack of a team uh, that we used to be seeing is is Manchester City, who got knocked out by Wigan. So uh, the, f- the field uh, m- might, might feel a little more open and, and possible, right? Well, more exciting is that Arsenal are in it, who are perennial FA Cup, you know, just winners, you know, finalists. It's even more important. But no, I mean, the, f- the ridiculous thing is in London, if Man City's in the competition, they have the best bet to win it, no matter how many other competitions they're in. Uh, so this actually is a is a bit of an opportunity. Um, Chelsea, uh, you know, are, are I guess we, you know Southampton are the only team not playing another Premier League team, which you kind of expect at this point. Um, you know, if well, because they are a Championship team at this point. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess they, that's they, fair. They're, they're going to be relegated, and it's going to be quite hilarious when the championship side Southampton can be the feeder club for the Premier League side Liverpool and not a Premier League team feeding another Premier League team well yes exactly so uh but but like you know we're alluding to is that it's a decent opportunity to uh, maybe get a trophy but you know realistically after the last run that we've had you know winning one in about six matches right now um it's just about the basics there's no expectations of beating Leicester at this point it's see how we react you've got uh, about four days off so you got to show up and do it again and um i don't want to see what's going to happen if chelsea crashed out of this uh the rest of the season could be difficult so that's kind of the way i look at it um but you know what there's still a lot uh to play for this season as we've kind of alluded to uh again just wrapping up in summation chelsea were fantastic over the two legs just massively unfortunate to not be able to produce more on the offensive half and uh you know a couple mistakes defensively at you know we got punished by barcelona so uh, with that being said uh gentlemen uh, nick anything else you want to end you want to end with uh before we, we we call it a night 
Yep. Uh, and, and it's just pretty simple for me. Uh, watching Chelsea Football Club has been one of the great joys of my of my life. It's also brought me a ton of frustration. Um, and hey, guys, if you if you're new to sports, that's kind of the game that we're all in together here. Um, nobody, you know, I, I had this explained to me uh, by a friend of mine who is is a frequent sports better, and he says that being a sports fan is a losing proposition that you have to get used to losing because the odds that your sports team wins their championship in their respective sport, whether it be the Premier League or the NFL or whatever you choose, is very, they're very long odds. And I think that for a long time we were spoiled. And for a long time, uh, you know, Chelsea fans got used to a certain level of productivity out of the team. And it, it was encouraging to see the team play good football over these two legs. It's a bummer they couldn't get it done. Nothing in the world gives me butterflies like Chelsea Barcelona. And um, I, I had him today. I had him three weeks ago. It's, uh, you know, I hope we play him again next year if, we, if we're able to get Champions League football. And I hope to, to have those feelings. That is right. That is kind of part of it is, you know, last year we would have loved to have had the opportunity to get knocked out by Barcelona, but we didn't. So it's uh, it's all about perspective, Dan. But what about you, man? Well, I would say one uh, unfortunate sour note um, on top of all of this is that uh, a lot of reports from uh, Chelsea supporters, some that you know we're, we're close friends with or you know know have about um, abuse from the stewards, um, both entering and leaving the stadium. Um, not the type of thing you want to hear about from what should be, uh, even in loss, a fun away day to another stadium to take in a Champions League game. And so uh, the club, you know, has posted on you know all their social media platforms that they want uh, recounts of the incident so that they can funnel that up to. UEFA for the good that that will do. Um, hopefully it does a lot, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, those, those are, you know, it, it doesn't end if you don't report it. So if you saw something, if you have information, please, please, please get it to the club, get it to the supporters trust. Uh, there, there are people who can make waves with all the information collected together. So uh, if you don't know where you need to get it to partner up with us, we'll try to help you get it sorted in the right direction. But uh, for those who did have to suffer in that way, uh, our, our hearts and minds are with you. All right, Chelsea fans, well, that's going to go ahead and do it for us this midweek Champions League episode. Um, you know, that there comes another game. It's going to be here before we know it, so hopefully we can shrug this one off, come back out strong, knock Leicester City off in convincing fashion, and get back to our winning ways. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. If you don't want the conversation to stop, make sure to follow the London is Blue podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support the pod, you can leave a five-star review in iTunes or donate on Patreon.com. The London is Blue podcast presented by WorldSoccerShop.com.